0: We join on the line now by Narina Fissa, strategist and advisor at ETFSA. Good morning, Narina. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to all the listeners. So it's the first time that we're talking since last week, and uh, some significant market movement since the world uh, came to terms with uh, the reality of a Donald Trump presidency in the United States. Now, have you had time to digest what that Trump presidency? actually means for the markets?
1: Sure. Um, Sakina, no, definitely not. I think there is still so much speculation and conjecture in terms of what he will actually do, how much of these campaign promises he will actually turn into real policy and, and changes. And I think a lot of the volatility that we've seen at the moment is because people are really just speculating, on the one hand, what will he actually implement, but on the other hand also, what will the implication of those changes be? So certainly an expectation of, of fairly significant changes that would be expected after eight years or so of a democratic president to be replaced not just with a republican president but of course um, we, we now have all three seats of power the, the, the presidency as well as the Senate and the, and the House of Republicans um, all being Rep- uh, oh, sorry House of Congress being republican flip um, tongue, tongue there with House of Republicans because that's pretty much <laughs> what it is so I think what the market has has reacted on after sort of the initial um, and, and it was really that sell-off only lasted for a couple of hours, but I think what the market has reacted to is sort of the headline-grabbing initiatives that they expect Trump to bring in, things like cutting taxes quite extensively, slashing regulation, and then certainly pushing through quite large fiscal stimulus. So this is the sort of stuff that that um, equity markets in particular like in the U.S. equity market, we saw it um, reaching new highs. This is particularly positively Um, experienced by the industrial shares, healthcare and especially financials also, the the banks because investors are really betting that banks will benefit from rising long-term interest rates and and these things tend to fatten the the lending profits of, of banks. They're also bargaining on uh, the potential benefits from deregulation. Now, we know that post-2008 regulation has really been the thing that has have, that have hampered the financial sector in terms of its growth, um, and, and, and I guess the jury is out on whether the, the increases in, in regulation that we've seen have been good or bad for markets, and, and Trump is very keen to go the other way and say we need less regulation rather than more. Um, interesting also in health care, you know, despite the fact that he's, he's talking about repealing or, or, or removing or changing a lot of these so-called Obamacare, um, the expectation that there will be less drug price regulation has is, is really assisted um, health care. So, you know, the, the trades that we've seen on the positive side have been very much on, on the expectation of, of rising growth and inflation. Um, and, and I guess um, the tax cuts that he's talking about is something that will come at a very good time at, uh, of, of fixed valuations for um, S&P 500 companies, talking about cutting the corporate tax rate um, from the current 26% to 20% if they were to do that, that could double the earnings growth rate of S&P 500 companies. So this is where a lot of the of, the, of the hope and the expectation is, is really coming from, that's fueling the, the, the US equity market at the moment. The big negatives that we've seen have been certainly on um, emerging market investments, and those go for, for both currencies as well as bonds. But interestingly, Enough. Also, after an initial spike in the gold price, we've seen the gold price pull back quite sharply in, in terms of this. And I don't think that can necessarily be interpreted as a as a as a, um, a means of um, um, a measure that things are, are all suddenly very rosy. It's just that there are other risk-on trades that, in the short term, have now enjoyed a lot of support post the Trump elections.
0: And then, of course, um, one of the biggest movers in Arena has been the Mexican peso, which has fallen by more than 13% in just three days, but almost 30% over the mm. last year. So what are some of the consequences of that collapse?
1: Yeah, and, and you know, just, just um, and, uh, the very next currency after the Mexican peso has been the South African rand. Yeah. So within the emerging market currency um, spectrum, as we often find, the rand has been one of the hardest hit over the same period that the peso has fallen by 13%. The rand has fallen by almost nine percent against the dollar um, since since last week Wednesday. Um, so so clearly the, the the impact for emerging market currencies is that I think we will be on the back foot with a stronger dollar for quite a period of time. Interestingly enough, I guess one of the unintended consequences of the Mexican peso, in particular, falling the way that it has, is the fact that now suddenly you're going to find that it's almost become 13 percent more attractive for Mexicans to want to go to the US so you know until they build the supposed wall whether that will transpire we'll have to wait and see but until that time that might even put more pressure on Mexicans trying to make it into the US and at the same time also for, for American companies you know manufacturing and, and, and jobs export almost to Mexico has become 13% more attractive so mm. these are some of those unintended consequences of um, of policy decisions that, that might be made that um, in the short term I think these these to be positive impact for America, but probably one of the biggest long-term negative impacts, not just on on emerging markets, but global growth, is the issue of reduced global trade. So I think we're going to see a lot more trade tariffs um, coming up and rising, and, and lower global growth environment. Just me, um, all trade environment just means um, extended longer-term global poor growth. Um, whether it's quite a global recession remains to be seen, but the certainly is going to have I think longer-term pain for the rest of the world, much more than we probably would have hoped to see if, if Trump was not elected president.
0: So, Narina, you know, that's one thing, to see the value of your money collapse like this. But if you look at Zimbabwe and you look at India, there you have a very real cash crunch as people mm. struggle to actually get hold of physical cash. So yeah. what's the cause of those crises? So
1: so a similar situation in both Zimbabwe and India, but quite different reasons for that coming about. In in Zimbabwe, they have, ever since they they introduced the the US dollar and the rand as sort of the currencies of choice in that market in 2009, they've progressively battled to actually get sufficient dollars in particular into that system. And what you're now experiencing is that there is a cap on the amount of cash that people can withdraw from the banks on a daily basis, a cap of $50. Which um, might be sufficient if you're talking about day-to-day just living expenses, but um, what you're finding is that people now are not able to do things like pay their rent or, um, you know, even buy petrol, for example. Where you're finding that the the, the garages are actually expecting cash payment, not accepting credit card or, or plastic payment. So, so the, the the real sort of cash crunch in Zimbabwe is also because of the, the expected introduction of so-called bond notes in that market. And um not a lot of confidence in these new Zimbabwean issued notes that are expecting to come to the market during the course of this month. So Zimbabwe is certainly finding itself in a very difficult position. India, on the other hand, um there it's really been a case of um, a very sudden cancellation as legal tender of the five hundred and one one thousand rupee notes in a um a bit to, to, to um, clamp down on corruption. And these are being replaced by a new design five hundred rupee notes and also two 2,000 rupee note, but there's just not been enough time to get those notes physically into the market, and India is largely a cash-based economy, so a similar sort of situation that that India finds itself into Zimbabwe, but as I say, very different reasons for these, and I expect the problem in India to be resolved a lot sooner than in Zimbabwe, and probably with much better longer-term consequences in in India, whereas in Zimbabwe, I think this is probably pointing to more longer-term for the people of Zimbabwe.
0: Well, we're going to have to leave it there for this morning. Thank you so much, Narina. Speak to you again tomorrow. Uh, that was Narina Fissa, strategist and advisor at ETFSA.